Well, good morning again and welcome. We're so glad that you're here. I know many of you are coming from out of town and here visiting family. And I just want to say thanks for being a part of our church today. And for you regulars, glad that you made it a priority to be in God's house uh, today. And just excited about uh, what the Lord may have for us this morning. My thought I be, would be preaching about Thanksgiving and, and all that. But you know what? Thanksgiving, I love it. But as soon as it's over, it's, it's Christmas. I mean, everybody's already in the Christmas spirit. And so uh, I said, I'm going to do something a little different. I, I want to bring a message that deals with the real world, where people are and where they uh, may be living right now. And uh, we're going to talk about living in the wilderness this morning. And we're going to talk about not just surviving the wilderness times in your lives, but thriving in those wilderness times. And um, I meet people often who are just going through a lot of difficulties in their life. And, and maybe you are in a situation right now where life is just very difficult and very hard for you. And when you get in these kind of difficult situations that I like to call wilderness uh, experiences, uh, you begin to see things change with you. You begin to, uh, to feel spiritually empty in your life. You just feel like um, the Lord's not speaking to you. You, you, you begin to get uh, concerned about your spiritual life. And when you're in these wilderness, you start feeling alone. You start feeling very dry, isolated. Um, you begin to have these thoughts like no one's got it worse than I do when you're in those tough situations of life. You begin to tell yourself, no, no, nobody's got it worse than what I have right now and with what I'm facing in my life today. Let me stop and tell you right there. Somebody always has it worse than you do. So always remember that. Uh, but, but when you're in those wilderness experiences, you don't think straight. You're, you're spiritually dry. You're, you're, you're beginning to, to, to shut down, withdraw. And, and what, you, what you begin thinking and praying is, Lord, just, just help me survive this tough time in my life. And, and sometimes you even change that prayer around. You say, Lord... Just, just take this difficulty away because I can't deal with this anymore. Well, these dry spells, these what I call wilderness experiences, understand they happen to all of us. We all at some point will go through these tough times and it is tough and it is hard. There are days when you're, when you're facing uh, just tough times and you're in the wilderness, there are days when God seems just silent. You don't hear anything from God. Your prayers that you cry out go unanswered. You read God's word and you get nothing out of it. It's just a blur. You close the book and you can't even remember what you read. You try to worship. Words just fail. You come to church, you can't get anything out of it. So the question is, what do you do? And some of you this morning, you may be in that situation right now. You've got an extremely difficult situation that you're in. And you're in the wilderness. And like I said, 
all of us will be there. You're either in the wilderness or you will be in the wilderness at some point in the future. Look, if Jesus went into the wilderness, don't think for a second you won't and I won't. So what do you do? What do you do during these times of spiritual emptiness? What do you do during these times of wilderness living? How do you how do you keep from diving deeper into the difficulty that you're facing? How do you thrive in the wilderness instead of just trying to survive the wilderness? Well, we're going to look at that this morning. And before we get into God's word, I, I kind of want to make sure we have a, a, a good understanding of, of what it means to be in the wilderness, and you have a note-taking guide there in your, in your worship folder, please. I encourage you to get that out, follow along with us. But what I'm calling a wilderness experience is just a tough, a very tough time or a very unpleasant place where a person endures discomfort and trials. And I, as I said, I, I think, uh, I know some of you this morning are, are in that situation and uh, I could go around this room and give you, give testimony of that. But it's just when you get in those tough times, those um, unpleasant places. And, and to better understand, uh, I, when I think about these wilderness experiences, I'm talking about the spiritual droughts, the financial droughts, the physical droughts, the relational droughts, and the emotional droughts. You see, your situation may be different than mine. You may be right now going through a spiritual drought where you have absolutely no desire to spend time in God's word. You have no desire to pray. You don't read your Bible. You just kind of come to church because it's the thing to do. Maybe you were taught to do that as a child. And you're coming for all the wrong reasons. See, you're in a spiritual drought on the way to wilderness living. Or maybe it's financial. <clears throat> maybe you've just recently lost your job. Maybe you have not been as disciplined as you need to be and the debt in your life is out of control. And these things will begin to consume you. To the point that you get your eyes off of the Lord and you get your eyes on your situation and you're on your way into wilderness living. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's physical. Maybe 2018 has just been a bad year. You have had so many medical problems, been to the hospital, been to the doctor's office, all medicine, trying this. You're just trying to survive, hoping 2019 will be better than 2018. Some of you I know right now are going through some physical problems or loved ones of yours are going through very difficult physical <coughs> situations. Or maybe it's, it's relational. Maybe there's a problem with the spouse. You're not talking anymore. You're not communicating anymore. You've kind of shut down to one another. Maybe it's a child, a child that's gone astray, become disobedient, not living for the Lord. 
Maybe it's a parent that you're now having to take care of. All these things, these, these relational situations, they can become overwhelming to the point where you become consumed by them. And you find yourself emotionally drained, but you also find yourself in a wilderness where you need help. And this morning, we're going to talk about what to do when you're in, when you're living in the wilderness. And I want you to turn to Psalm 63. Psalm 63, and I'm going to have the verses for you on the screen in case you didn't bring your Bible, that's okay. I'm going to try to make this as easy as I can, but we're going to look at uh, uh, a wilderness time for David. Now, we know, as the video said, David wrote songs in the wilderness, so we know that he was in the wilderness a lot of his life, and most of that was before he became king, when he is running away from Saul, who's trying to kill him. Saul, in his rage and jealousy uh, over David, is trying to kill him, so David flees to the wilderness, but this time it's different. This time, it's different. Um, what it says in the superscription, and li listen, when you read Psalm, a a any Psalm, make sure you read the little, what I call the superscription, the little title phrase up at the top. And what we find out, it says, David was in the wilderness. Your translation may say desert. David was in the wilderness of Judah. Well, by looking at the Psalm, he refers to himself as king in the last verse. So scholars begin to trace this time that David's in the wilderness was after he became king and during the time when Absalom, his son, is trying to overthrow him and become the king. Uh, you read about this in, in 1 Samuel 15 and 19, uh, but you'll find in verse, 2 Samuel 15, 23, here's what God's word says. All the land wept aloud, and all the people passed by, and the king crossed the brook of Kidron, and all the people passed on toward the wilderness. And so, <clears throat> as he's referred to as a king, we can begin to um, conclude that this was the time when Absalom was trying to kill his father. He, his desire was to become king and he was getting the support of the people and David's advisors were saying, it's not safe for you to be here in the palace anymore. So David leaves the palace and he goes into the wilderness. And it's there in the wilderness, grieving over his son. Now, now listen, you'll do anything for your child. And here's the son now trying to kill his father. I mean, this is, this is a relational wilderness like one probably we'll never face. But David's own son, he watched him, he, he, he watched him be born. He watched him grow up as a, as a boy. He loves him so much, and now he wants to kill him. And David is in the wilderness grieving over his son. He is in a relational wilderness alone. You know, you may not be experiencing a relational wilderness right now. You may be. You are. But you may be experiencing another one like we talked about. So I want us to, I want us to look at this passage. An incredible passage. 
that David gives us what I would say steps, steps to help you thrive in the wilderness and not just survive in the wilderness. So the first thing I want you to see as we look at David and he's in the wilderness grieving over his son, it's hard, it's hot, it's dry. I want you to first see that what David did was seek the presence of God. And we see that in verse one. And follow along as I read this. Oh God, you are my God. And you ought to underline that part right there. You are my God, not a God, not one of the gods. You are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So David starts off desiring to, to seek the presence of God in his life. You see, David knew the Lord. He knew him in a personal and intimate way. And his desire was to be in his presence. As I said, David refers to God as my God. Let me ask you right now. Can you say that God is your God? Has there been a time in your life when you gave your life to Jesus Christ? Can you honestly say that because I put my faith and trust and belief in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and I know that he is the way, the truth, the life, can you honestly say that, that God is your God because of what Jesus Christ has done for you? David could. David could. This is my God. He knew him. Now he's in a dry and barren, rocky, waterless wilderness. And the thirst in his mouth prompts him to thirst first in his soul for the Lord. And I want you to see how he sought, how he sought him as he seeks his presence. We need to seek the Lord earnestly. And that translation of that Hebrew word can sometimes be early. Seek the Lord early in the morning. It's how you could possibly um, uh, translate that. So David woke from his sleep with the intent to earnestly seek God's presence. Let me ask you this morning. As soon as David arose in the morning, he became aware of his need for God just as he needed water. Let me ask you differently here. As soon as you wake up in the morning, is the Lord the first thing on your mind? Can you honestly say when you wake up every morning, the first thing on your mind is the Lord Jesus Christ or is it that cup of coffee that you need? Come on now. I'm talking to myself, I guess. I guess y'all don't have that problem. But Jesus Christ should be the first thing we think about when we wake up in the morning. Not about the game last night. Not about what you're going to do at work today. But Jesus Christ. David said, if you're going to survive, if you're going to thrive in the wilderness, you must seek the presence of God. You must seek him earnestly. And David said, you must seek him desperately. He is the only hope you have. 
And notice how David says, my soul and my body, my flesh, they desire to be with God. He so desires to be with his, his God. I think it's safe to assume that once David was in the presence of God, I think that spiritual thirst he had would become satisfied. Let me ask you this. When there is no hunger or thirst for the presence of God in your life, it is an indicator that there is something wrong spiritually with you. If you have absolutely no desire for the presence of God in your life, my friend, there's something wrong. There's something majorly wrong in your life. David desired to be with the Lord. And Christ talked about this in the, in the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. David longed to be with God. Because see, it is God that can satisfy you. Now listen, we're going to see a lot of commercials between now and Christmas. All these things that you've got to have. I'm telling you, the things of this world will not satisfy you like the Lord Jesus Christ. Only he can truly satisfy you. David was in a wilderness situation because of his son, and he desperately, desperately sought the presence of God in his life. So my friend, when you enter that wilderness, maybe it's financial, maybe it's physical, whatever, seek the presence of God. Seek the presence of God if you want to thrive in your wilderness. You see, the desire to be in God's presence be satisfied with him does not depend on your location. Does not depend on the circumstances in your life. You have that desire to be in God's presence. I don't care where you are, no matter how tough things may be, you have that desire in your life to be in the presence of God and seek his presence in your life. That's how you begin to start thriving in your wilderness. Well, let's Let's move on to the second step that I see in this passage, verse 2, and that's see the power of God. David writes, so I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. David remembers the power of God and the glory of God as he is standing, sitting there in that wilderness he recalls the tabernacle. You know, they had, hadn't built the temple yet. So it's the tabernacle where David had been in and seen the Ark of the, seen the, Ark of the Covenant, uh, been in, in, in the presence of, of, of God and knew about the stories how, how God led the children out of, out of Israel, uh, to Israel out of the desert. And so he knew about all these things. But listen, David had experienced the power of God. Don't forget, this is David. Who killed a lion, the Bible says. Who killed a bear. Who killed a giant. This is the man who had seen the power of God come in his life and, and, and defeat Philistines and on and on it goes. He has seen that power and he knows about the glory of God. And guess what? He's not being consumed about poor pitiful me. He's got his eyes on Christ 
through in God and he sees it that he is the one who is all powerful and there is nothing, nothing in my life that God can't handle. My friend, I'm telling you the same thing. There is nothing going on in your life. I don't care how difficult you might think it is. There is nothing in your life that God cannot handle. Because why? Because his power is limitless. Hear me. There are no ends to his power. And that situation that you're in, that wilderness that you're in, God has the power to help you get out of that. David said, behold, behold your power and your glory. Yeah, David sought the Lord in the sanctuary. And it says here, David set his mind upon the things that would occupy himself. Thinking about the Lord's power and the Lord's glory. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Not only his presence, but you seek the Lord uh, where you are. You see his power. You see his power. Set your mind. Occupy yourself with the Lord's power and the Lord's glory. See, David knew that his God's power was greater than any threat Absalom, his son, may have toward him. David saw the glory, saw God's glory being far more valuable than his glory. You see, when you begin to see the power of God in your life, when you begin to see the power of God move in your situation, it will it will sustain you. It will help you thrive in the wilderness. And we should be like David. We should always want to see God's power and glory through whatever wilderness experience you're going through, just as though you were worshiping God in a church service. I thought a lot about that. I, I hope I can get to the point in my life, and maybe you're there, and maybe I'm telling you I'm not, I hope that I can get to the point in my life <clears throat> where when I'm in a wilderness situation, a wilderness experience of life, I hope I can see that as a worship experience. I hope I can get to the point when I'm facing difficulties in my life, it just won't, it gives me an even more incredible desire to worship God. See, David was in the wilderness. He sought the presence of God. I so desperately need his presence in my life. And, and, and David begins to remember and recall and think about the power and the glory of God. I had seen it. I'd seen it in the sanctuary. I'd seen it in my life. He's beginning to get his eyes off of his situation and getting his eyes back on God. And when he begins to think about how awesome his God is and that his power is limitless, it moves him to praise. He can't help but talk about it now. So show your praise when you're in the wilderness. Show your praise to God. Look at what the Bible says. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the fat and rich foods, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. 
Oh, how I could talk about this verse. Oh, my goodness. David is saying, your love, God, your love is better than my life. Far better. And because of who you are and because of what you have done in my life, I cannot help but praise you. You know, I was watching the little ensemble up here, and I, I love Faith. She had that hand up, you know. I love, I love watching people praise. You know, some of us have been taught, eh, you don't do that in church. That's not what the Bible says. David says, because of your steadfast love, which is far better than my own life, I am going to praise you with my life. And I think we need to do the same thing. Notice how David, um, how his thirst for God found relief as he praised him and, and he praised him with his lips. He says, my lips will praise you. Don't use your lips to tear down somebody else, speaking words of discouragement. Use your lips to speak words of praise. David said, I will praise you. My tongue. You know, we just, we're in James and with our ABF classes and talking about the, how, how it is, how powerful the tongue is. Use your tongue for good. Bless the Lord with your, with your lips and your tongue. David said, my hands, my hands will be lifted up. When I think about who he is, listen, I so desire to be there in a wilderness time in my life where I can just praise the Lord. That's where David was. If you're going to thrive in a wilderness, you got to show your praise. His soul, David says, my soul will be satisfied like fat and rich food. Now, some of y'all have some fat and rich food this week. A lot of it. You know how you felt after you... Ooh, had all that turkey and gravy and all the sides and then you top it off with a little pecan pie or whatever. You know how good you felt? David said, that's how my soul feels. That's how my soul feels when I praise God. He said, my mouth, my mouth will praise you. My mouth will be used to speak of the good things of God and how he can change your life. David was in a wilderness, son trying to kill him. Please make sure you understand context. He is in a very difficult situation. He's not in a palace anymore. He's out in a dry, barren place. But David's not going to just survive this wilderness. He's going to thrive. And he does that he does that by showing his praise. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. There was no desert in his heart, though there was a desert all around him. See, David didn't have his eyes on the situation he was in. He had his eyes on, on God. There was no desert in his heart. It was a heart of praise that was pouring out for God. You see, I think it's our regular worship that prepares us for the wilderness, crisis, and experiences in our life. If you want to be able to make the, thrive in those wilderness, you need to know how to worship. It starts, by, it starts by first learning how to worship, then showing that worship. Don't you be afraid. Don't you be embarrassed if you raise your hand. 
There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Now, if you're doing all this crazy stuff to bring attention to you, that's wrong. But when your heart is just satisfied, your soul is satisfied, and you just want to praise the Lord, get your hands up. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what the Bible says. David was in a wilderness, and he first sought the the presence of God, and then he wanted to see the power and remember the power of God and the glory of God, and, and now he wants to show his praise to God. A fourth thing that we see that David did is that he saturate, saturate on the passages of God. Look at what it says in verse 6. It says, when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. Let me just stop right there. I'll talk a little bit about that verse there. Um, the Jews had three night watches that they that they uh, used during this time when David's writing this psalm. The first night watch was from sunset to 10 o'clock, or 10 o'clock p.m. The second night watch was 10 o'clock p.m. to 2 a.m. And the third night watch was from 2 a.m. to sunrise. That, those were considered the night watches. Notice what David says. When I remember you on my bed and meditate on you in the he didn't say watch of the night. He said watches of the night. You ever been in that situation where, where you're in this wilderness situation? Life is just so, so hard. It just consumes you to the point that you cannot sleep. <coughs> or worse, you wake up in the middle of the night and your mind immediately takes off to the things going on in your life. And what's, guess what? You can't go back to sleep. You know, you, you, you're watching the clock as it goes from hour to hour, knowing you got to be at work at some point, and you cannot go to sleep because your mind is worrying about all the things going on in your life. You ever been there? You know, people, it'll happen to you as you get older, trust me. You just wake up and you can't go back to sleep. And you begin to worry about all the things. See, fretful nights are calmed by meditation and prayer. The next time you find yourself where you cannot sleep at night or you wake up, don't sit there in bed and think about all the things going on in your life. Think about God. I tell people, if you can worry, and some of y'all are really good at worrying, if you can worry, you can meditate. You just got your focus wrong. Begin to meditate on God's word. Begin to recall all those passages you learned as a child and meditate about God and begin to pray. And listen, you'll find that fretful night is calmed when you meditate and pray. I love what uh, David said in, uh, in Psalm 77. Um, he said, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your 
mighty deed. And you can find verses like that all throughout the Psalms. David knows, he remembers. He could recall the th- all the things that God had done in the past, all the things that God had done in his life. And when you're in a tough situation, when you're in a wilderness and you can't sleep at night, meditate on God. Meditate on how good he is, how powerful he is, how God's always been there, how God's always come through for you. He's faithful. And you think about those things. Get your mind off all the things going on with your life and the world and the wilderness you might be living. Get your mind focused on God. You see, turn sleepless nights into quiet times of reflection and worship. That's where David was. If you want to thrive in the wilderness, seek the presence of God. See the power of God. Show your praise to God. Saturate your mind on the passages and the principles of God. And last, sing of the protection of God. Notice what he says in verse 7 and 8. He says, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. What an incredible thing, an incredible promise to have that no matter where you are, no matter what the situation might be that you're in, you have the protection and direction Because he talks about here, he guards you. He guards you with his wings. He says um, there in this passage that uh, in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy because I am being guarded by God. Nothing can hurt me. Nothing can harm me. But it doesn't stop there. He says, I'm also guided by God. It is his right hand that holds me. And leads me and guides me. You know, I was, I was preparing this message. I kind of just stopped there for a while. If God is guarding me and if God has guided me, why should I ever be worried? Why should I ever be concerned? Yeah, there are going to be tough times. There are going to be storms. There are going to be wilderness experiences that you have to go through. But why should I be worried? He's going to guard me. He's going to guide me. What else do I need? That's all I need. I need, you know, all of us oftentimes like little children. We just need somebody to come around, put arms around us, love on us, and take us and grab our hand and show us the way we need to go. That's what God does. He guards you and he guides you. And David had absolutely no fear in the wilderness. He sings, he sings for joy about God's help in his life. And he's confident that he will take care of him. See, as a result of being under God's wings and in God's hands, David was protected and sheltered from the enemy.
again, I don't know where you are right now. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what you're dealing with in life. Uh, some, of you, I, I, some of you I do know are going through some very difficult times right now. Very difficult. And the wilderness is hard and it's tough. But you know what? The Lord just didn't want you to try to make it or survive or just help me get out of this. He wants you to thrive in this wilderness. He wants you to use the wilderness as a time for worship. Now again, some of us are not there yet. But that should be the desire of our heart. I love what Warren Wiersbe said. Warren Wiersbe said, wilderness experiences are good for you. I might argue with that a little bit, but that's what Warren Wiersbe says. They're good for you. They teach a very important truth. You draw satisfaction from the blessings on the inside, not from the circumstances on the outside. I wish I could tell you that you will never face hard times in your life, but you know that's not biblical. If you're gonna face them, some of you have had some incredibly hard challenges in your life. You've been in that wilderness. Some of you are in it right now. Some of you will be in it soon. You just don't know yet. And when you find yourself in that wilderness experience, draw from the blessings on the inside. Begin to seek the presence of God. Don't withdraw, don't shut down, seek the presence of God in your life. See the power, remember, he has limitless power. Remember his power and his glory, reflect on that, see that. Show your praise, show your praise to God. Saturate your mind on the passages and the principles of God and his word. Sing of the protection and direction of God that you have. My friend, if you will do those things, no matter how tough your wilderness is, you're going to thrive. You're going to thrive. You're going to thrive. <clears throat> Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this incredible passage. Simple. Very simple but Lord, so needed. So oftentimes we get consumed by the things in our life, especially when things go wrong and we're in a tough situation in the wilderness and we get our mind off of you and get consumed with what's going on in our life. Lord, I pray, I pray that we would look at wilderness experiences as another opportunity to worship our God. Father, I pray you'd give us the right perspective, the right mindset when we're in those tough times. Lord, we can't do it on our own. We will fail and fail miserably. Lord, we have to seek you. We have to see your power. Praise you, Lord, for what you've done. Saturate our mind on the things of God. Sing about the protection that we have. Lord, you guard us and you guide us. So, Lord, help us. Help us not to um, get to the point in our tough times where we heard our testimony, but Lord, help us to be, to, to go through those tough times in a way that would honor and glorify and lift up the name of Jesus Christ. His name I pray, amen. Listen, we're gonna move to a decision time. And